Okay. Welcome everyone to the Harlem Non slash Daf Yomi slash Ove Torah Daf Yomi chat. We are now beginning with Amale Abayale Rabbi Yosef on the bottom of Mem Hayomubet. The subject is Mukseh and who holds a Mukseh and who doesn't. Um, we had said before that Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Huda, and he's strict about muksa that he says that things that are set aside, Kobe, for um, before Shabbat are muksa. Now the Gemara is going to ask why you didn't, why did you need the rabbi to come from Israel to tell you that Rabbi Yochanan holds a muksa? You can figure it out from a different statement of Rabbi Yochanan that he holds like Rabbi Yehuda holds a muksa. Why? You with me? I'm only Abayi le Rabbi Yosef. Abayi tells Yosef, "Va'at lo tizbera." Do Rabbi Yochanan can be Huda? You don't think like Rabbi Yochanan holds like Huda? You should know that. Harib Abba verb Asi ikul lebeir Abba dimin chayfa. These two rabbis came to the Reb Abba dimin chayfa. V'nafal minartal glima to Reb Asi, and a candelabra fell. On the cloak of Rav Asi, Vilo Tiltila, and he did not move it. Umay time, but why didn't he move it? Lab Mishum Rav Asi, Tamid Rav Yochanan Probably because now a menorah is lit was lit on Ben Hashemashot. We're talking about a menorah that was lit on Ben Hashemashot going into Shabbat. So since it was lit and you weren't allowed to move it at that time, so you set it out of your mind. That's muksa. Rabbi Shimon will allow you to move it once it goes out. Rabbi Da won't. And Rabbi Asi, when the thing, when the extinguished candelabra fell on his cloak, he left his cloak. He said, Chalas, I'm stuck. I can't do it. So you see, he didn't move his cloak. He didn't move his candelabra. Why didn't he move it? Obviously because he like Yeah. So if you know that story, that Ravasi did that, who cares about Ravasi? We're not talking about it. We're talking about Rav Probably because of Asi is a student of Yochanan. You got it, guys? So basically, what we're saying is like this everybody knows of Asi's Rebbe is of Yochanan. And of Asi didn't move the candelabra. So it must be because his Rebbe holds a muksa. And therefore, we know that Rebbe Yochanan holds a muksa. So what did you need the rabbi to come from Israel teach you that? You know it already. Answers Gemara, no. Amalei, Sir Yosef answered Abai, you know why I waited for the rabbi to come from Israel to tell me what Yochan holds? Minarta Kamrath, you're talking about the Menorah? Minarta Shani, the Menorah is different. Damarab Acha Barchanina, Amarab Asi, Hode, Horad, Reshnakish, Bitsidon, Reshnakish ruled in Sidon. If you have a big candelabra that takes two hands to hold, that's something that's asur to move. That's mukseh. I'm sorry. If it's one hand, you can you're allowed to move it, and if it's two hands, you're not allowed to move it. Why not? Because if it's two, a small one, so then people plan to move it. And Rabbi Yochanan said, we're going to see in a second why. Rabbi Yochanan says that that was Rish Lakish talking. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Kish and he says, 
אין לנו אלא בנר כדבי שמעון. אבל מנורה בן גדולה בן גדולה אסור לתת לה. So here we have a מחלוקת עם רש לקיש ונב יוחנן about a מנורה. רש לקיש says that you could move a מנורה, which is bigger than a regular lamp. A נר is a lamp. מנורה is a candelabra, it's a big thing. So רש לקיש says when it comes to candelabras, if they're big, you can't move them. I mean, two-hand, a two-handed one. And if it's a one-handed one, you can pick up one hand, then you could move it. And Rabbi Yochanan disagrees, and Rabbi Yochanan says, no, we only hold by ner like Rabbi Shimon. By a, by a lamp, we hold like Rabbi Shimon. But by menorah, we hold like Rabbi Yehuda, that's asur. We hold it's asur to move. The time am I, why don't we let it move it? It's because a person makes a set place for it. Now you see, therefore, you see that you can't bring any proof from the case of Menorah, because the case of Menorah, since a person sets a place for it, the Menorah, you're not thinking of moving ever, people don't move it, therefore you can't bring a proof whether he holds like a Yudah or not. Okay? says, Amale Abaya Lerab Yosef, Vahare Kilat Chatanim, you question? You have a question here or no? Good. Amalei Abayi Leb Yosef v'hane kilat chatanim. Let me explain you what a kilat chatanim is. Kilat chatanim is a canopy bed. Everyone, look at the picture over here. See the canopy bed? Is it clear? Gorgeous. Okay. So you have a canopy bed. The Adam kovel omakom. A person usually doesn't move these things. Turn to the top of Membav Tota. You're allowed to spread it out on Shabbat. It's not called building a tent when you spread it out on Shabbat. And you're allowed to move it on Shabbat. Now, according to you, that no one's allowed to move things that have special places, you shouldn't be allowed to move that either. Okay, so the Lord says you're right. It's not because the person leaves something in the spot that Rabbi Shimon will agree to this. El Amar Abaya, we're talking about Shel Chuliot. We're talking about the reason why Rabbi Shimon is not letting Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shimon is not letting move the Menorah is because this is not a regular Menorah. This is a Menorah that's made many many pieces that come together, okay? Since there's a lot of pieces that come together, the Bishamon is worried that it might fall from your hands and it might break, and then you might put the pieces back together and that would be Asur because you're fixing your keli. So the reason why you can't move the menorah is not mm-hmm. because of muksa reason, it's because of a gezerah that you might fix it. The separate gezerah. But Rabbi Shimon, it's not a proof why Rabbi Shimon, about muksa because it's not really a muksa thing. It's a question about maybe you're going to fix things. Is everyone with me? Yeah. Awesome, let's go. Iachi, if so, If that's true, I, I, thanks for the hands, uh, Jack and Sam. Um, if that's true, my Rabbi Shimon, like, 
How could the rabbi allow Carl, you moving menorah? If it's true that there's a gizerah, that maybe if you move this menorah, since it's so easily separated, you're afraid that maybe you might come to fix it. If that's the gizerah, why would Rish Lakish not, not hold the gizerah? Why did Rish Lakish say, well, if it's a small menorah, you can move it, but if it's a big menorah, you can't? What's the difference? If it's got this problem that maybe you might fix it, what's the difference, big or small? Why would Rish Lakish say, oh, if it's a small one, you can move it? You can't move any of them. Maybe you might fix the candy on Shabbat. Either one you could fix. Either one you might fix, exactly. So you just made it cool for a for the other rabbi that he's not holding a muksa. Okay, very cool. But now Rish Lakish is in trouble. Why would he allow moving the small one? Says the Gemara, welcome, Ben. My chuliot, what does it mean, chuliot? Ke'en chuliot. The itbe tichadiki. We're not talking about a real separatable one. We're talking about one that looks like a separatable one. Okay? So a separatable one, everyone agrees you can't move a, a minerash chuliot because you might fix it. This is one that looks like one that you might th- fix. It, it, but it's not. Okay? It's not the one that you might fix. If it's really Chuliot, you can never move it. Everyone agrees that you can't move a big one because you might say that the same way you can move the big one, you might move the one that's, that breaks apart. Rabbi, isn't the... The argument in Rishi, Yochan Rish Lakish, is if you have a small one that looks like the other one. Morsavad Gazrina, Morsavad Lo Gazrina. Basically, the story is like this. One that has Chadiki. Chadiki is the things that you can put together. Okay, you have a menorah that you can put together. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but it's a put-together menorah, and it's, if it falls apart, you might put it together on Shabbat. That, everyone agrees, you cannot use, move on Shabbat because you might... Now, there's another type of menorah that has chidiki. It looks like the one that comes apart, but it really doesn't. In those, when it's big, everyone agrees. I'm just going to mute everyone. Give me a second. When it's big, everyone agrees that you can't move it. When it's small, and it looks like the other one, some rabbis say, well, it's only small, and it only looks like it, that's okay to move on Shabbat. We're not worried that you'll think that it's a, it's the other one because the, the other ones are usually big, and other people say, well, since it has chadiki and it looks like a kuliyot one, we're still going to make a gizera, and that's the machlok of Rish But it's not a problem for Rish Lakish that he allows it because since it's small and it's not a real gizera, it's only because maybe you might look like the other one. Basically, it's like a double gizera. I think Irving was going to ask, isn't yeah. it a double gizera? It, it looks like a double gizera because even the big one is maybe you might fix. And the other one just looks like the big one. So why are you making this gizera? I guess they made it all at one time. So it's all one gizera. That's my assumption. You with me, Irv? Kobe, are you with me? Awesome. Jack? Ben? Sam? Yeah. Which line are we? Yes, Ben. Uh, Which line? Oh, where are we right now? Right now, we're at Amar, me, Amar, Yochan, and Hachi. It's right over here, uh, about ten lines, eight lines down on Menvav Thank you. 
Umi Amar Abiyokhan Hachi, did Abiyokhan really learn like this? But Amar Abiyokhan didn't Abiyokhan say, Halakha Kista Mishnah. Rabbi always says that when you have a Mishnah without an author, the Halakha always follows that Mishnah. And we're going to have another Mishnah coming up, which is we saw before, which is a Stam Mishnah, which goes against it. Right? What does that mean? We have Vitnan, we learned the Mishnah, Mukhani If you have a wagon that has a Mukhani, that has a wheel that's detachable, if you remember before, I had a picture. Some of you guys weren't on at the time. Here's my wagon. Everyone see the wagon? This wagon right here, you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now in the wagon, you'll notice that the wheels are not under the wagon. They're on the side of the wagon. Now if this wagon would go in the cemetery, anything in the wagon would be not come in because the wagon will protect it from the tumah that's shooting up from the graves. You with me? But the wheels, it depends. If they're detachable wheels, then they're separate kilim and they will not protect something that's hanging over a wheel. But if the wheels are not detachable, then they're considered part of the wagon and anything that's over the wheel also will not become tamer from the grave under it. Are you with me, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the bracha. Now, let's, let's read the bracha inside. Sorry, I have to turn back to get you that picture. The wheel of the wagon, when, it, when it's removable, and it's not considered connected to it. Like we said before, as regarding we don't measure it with it to see if it's if it holds forty seah. Because if it holds forty seah, then it would be not not become tamet. It will not protect it in the cemetery, like I told you. And you can't move the wheel when there was money on the wheel. This last part is the one we want. If I put money on the wheel, you would not be able to move the wheel on Shabbat because the money would make the wheel muksa. Ah, uh, wait a second. Only if there's money on the wheel, you can't move it. Ha It sounds like if there's no money on the wheel, then you could move the wheel on Shabbat. It sounds like even though there was money on the wheel, if there's no money on the wheel, on the wheel now, it's okay to move. And who says that? Rabbi Shimon is the only one who would say that you're allowed to move it because it's not. Rabbi Shimon is the rabbi who doesn't hold a muksa, right? Now we had said before that Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Yehuda, so let's figure it out. Okay, remember Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says yes, muksa. Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon says and muksa. Rabbi Yochanan said, we thought before, we thought Rabbi Yochanan was holding like Rabbi Yehuda. But now we see that he's not. Because he always says halakha is like a Stam Mishnah. This wheel, wagon wheel one, is the Stam Mishnah. And the wagon wheel is implying only you can't move the wagon wheel if the wagon wheel has money on it now. Implying that if it has no money on it now, 
even though if it had money before, you still could move it. The only rabbi who says that is Rabbi Shimon. So we see that Stam Mishnah is like Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Yochanan said, Al-Khan is like Stam Mishnah. Tan, tan, tan. Is everyone with me? Yeah. Oh, you with me, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Great. I got Sam and I got everybody. I got Kobe. Kobe, yeah? Good. Says the Gemara. Amar Abzeira. Tiyeh Mishnato Shelo Aya Ma'ota Kobe Shemashot. Yes, you're right. It's much more logical to say that the Mishnah was talking about that there was ma'ot on a Because otherwise, why would they say it's on it now? I could have said there was. In other words, if the Mishnah meant that it's us, that it's like a Yehuda, so then the Mishnah wouldn't say there's no money on the wheel now. The Mishnah would use a language: there's no money. There never was money on the wheel. Because Rabbi Yudah doesn't let anything. If there was money on the wheel, Ben Hashem Hashem also won't let. Right? So the fact that the says there's no money on the wheel with the word now sounds like, right, the word is Bizman Shiesh Ala Ma'ot. It's going to be Mukseh. Sounds like if there was ever Ma'ot, it would not be Mukseh. No, we're talking about when there's Ma'ot on it, but even if there was no Ma'ot, Ben Hashem that's what we're talking about also. Because otherwise, it'd be right, Rabbi Shem, otherwise, Rabbi Yochanan's in trouble. So for that, Rabbi Yochanan will have to explain the Mishnah is talking about a case where there was nothing on it. And still, it would be, it, that's why it would be Mutar. But if there was something on it, he would agree that it's Asur. You're right, you're stuck. We have to change the Mishnah to help Rabbi Yochanan. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Here's the story. You ready? How does Rebbe hold by Muksa? Does Rebbe hold? We're now going to learn whether Rebbe, Rebbe Yudah Nasi, does he hold like Rebbe Shimon? Or does he hold like Rebbe Yudah? Amar Rebbe Yoshua ben Levi. Pamachat halach Rebbe l'diuspora. He went to the diaspora. V'hora v'minora k'rebbe Shimon v'minora k'rebbe Shimon v'ner. Now this is a very cryptic statement. It says that he ruled by a minora like Rabbi Shimon would say, by a lamp. Now, menorah and a lamp, we said before, are two different things. Menorah is much bigger than a lamp. And he says, when it came to the rule of menorah, he held like Rabbi Shimon holds by lamp. What does that mean? The Lord is going to clarify. Does that mean that he allowed a menorah like Rabbi Shimon allows a, a lamp? Is that what it means? If so, he's allowing lamp and menorah. Or Dilma, he said by menorah it's asur, and and he held like Shimon when it comes to candles be matir. So basically, we don't know what he would say by menorah. Gemara says, "Take you're right. We don't know what Rabbi meant by that statement. We're not sure if he meant. Definitely held there is good." But we're not sure if he says menorah is also good or menorah is no good. That's we're not clear because the statement came in a little garbled. You got that, Kobe? So Rabbi this, does hold the mukseh. We, we, we know that he doesn't hold the mukseh by Nair for sure. But whether he holds the mukseh by menorah or not, it wasn't clear because the statement was he said like menorah, like Rabbi Shimon by Nair. So since it was a little... Back and forth, we're not sure what he holds like menorah. But by now, we know he holds like a Okay. 
new story. He came to Simlai's house on Shabbat and he moved a candle that went out. The, the, the lamp went out and he moved it. Meaning he holds like who? Irving? Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, who doesn't hold the mukzah. If the lamp goes out, Rabbi Shimon won't let you move it. And he moved it and his host got upset. What are you moving the candle for? The host held like a Yehuda, and he held like a Shimon. Okay? That's story number one. Now, story number two. Rabbi Abu, Ikla Le'atra, Rabbi Abu came to Mishu Ben Levi's town. Havmetata Shaga, he moved the candle that went, the lamp that went out. When he went to Rabbi Yochanan's town, Havmetata Shaga, he wanted to move the lamp. So in this one, he moved the lamp, and this one, he moved the lamp. You might want to clarify. Mother Shah, make up your mind. If you're like Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yudara, Lebek and Rish, probably not always. Maybe Rabbi Shimon to your lamp, if you're like Rabbi Shimon, Lebek and Rish, probably Shimon always, and always move it. Why? One place he moved and one place he didn't. That certainly doesn't make sense, right, Carl? Why would he, why would he follow Rabbi Yudara in one town and Rabbi Shimon in the other town? But didn't we say that Rabbi Yochanan holds uh, like Rabbi Shimon? Maybe he's doing it out of respect. Rabbi Yochanan, we said, holds like Rabbi Yudah. That's why he didn't move it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Down, he didn't move it. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. And Rabbi Shimon Levi, he did move it. So the word is answering exactly what he said. Really, Rabbi Abhu holds like Rabbi Shimon. And he holds, you're allowed to move anything you want, Kobe. So why did he go to Rabbi Yochanan's town and move, not move the lamp, out of respect? That's because of respect to Rabbi Yochanan, he didn't move when he went to the town. But really, he holds his mutar. The other way around, you can't say. You can't say he really holds his asur, and he just out of respect, he moved it. He wouldn't move it out of respect. But not to have out of respect that he could do. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about a lamp that was lit instead of lit with oil it was lit with neft neft we said last time i i think i always said it was kerosene but somebody called it something else they said it was um the it's like a residue some residue oily residue okay neft oily tar residue okay and it lights good but it has a very bad smell amar buda shraga de mishra if you have a lamp that was used with oil, you can move it afterwards. Why? Because it's because he holds like Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon holds you how to do it. Now, don't be surprised that Rabbi Yehuda is holding like Rav Shimon. You know why, Irving? I'll tell you why you shouldn't be surprised. Because one's Rav Yehuda and one's Rabbi Yehuda. Rav Yehuda holds like Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Yehuda doesn't hold like Rebbe Shimon. One's a Tana, one's a Amora. Rav Yehuda, the Amora, holds like Rebbe Shimon that you're allowed to move candles when they go out and they're not a problem. Good. The Nafka, if it's Nafta, if it's Neft, if it's uh, re- oily residue, 
Rabbi Uda would not let you move it because oily residue has such a bad smell that once you finish with the candle, once you finish with the lamp, it's going to have such a bad smell, there's nothing you could do with it. Right? They, but that's what Rabbi Huda says. But Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef say you can even move, they hold like Rabbi Shimon, that you can move an oil used one, and you can even, they hold you, they're even rolling it. They say you can even use one that you use with the kerosene with the bad smell. Rav Iva Ikla Lebei Rava. Rav Iva came to Rava's town. Hava Isan Bekare Betina. Now, this is a very, very interesting story. Uh, it needs a little explanation. I'm going to try to do it if I have time at the end. But it seems like Rav Eva came to Rubber's town, and he came into his house, and he put his shoes on Rubber's bed that were dirty with mud. Okay? And Rubber was unhappy with it. Just like it's just like now. Things don't change in 3,000 years. Now, just like now, you know, people... You know, you, you, go, you put your shoes on someone's bed. They say, oh, you, you know where those shoes went? So Rava, uh, okay, it looks like Rava got upset. Let's see what happens. Rava have ma'asin bekare betina. He dirty, he, his, his shoes were dirty with mud. And eight ve'apuria kame de Rava. He left them on the bed in front of Rava. Ikbid Rava. Rava got mad. Bayilitzare. So Rava, seemingly out of revenge, wants to bother him. So the way he's going to bother him is by asking him a question that he can't answer. Okay? I, I guess it's better than what people do nowadays. But Rava, we're going to have to explain why Rava would do something like this. But Rava got upset, and he decided he wants to beside him. And he asked him the following question, which it has to do with us. That part, that part is not really so important to the story. The main thing is this, okay? Amale, so Rava tells the, the, the rabbi with the shoes, My time, uh, Why does the rabbi say you could use, you could move a lamp that someone lit with this oily, residue, smelly stuff? Amale, since it's meaning usually these lamps, um, Kobe, we explained last time, the lamps we're talking about over here are not metal lamps. They're clay lamps. And once they were lit with the heat and the fuel, they become ichi. So now if they're heated with oil, so at least it's oil ichi. And oil ichi maybe you could use for something else if you, if you have oil. But neft, which is a which is a residue, is so bad smelling that once it was used once, you'll never want to use it again. So therefore, it should be muksa because no one wants to touch it. So therefore, how can you stay allowed? How can these rabbis stay allowed to move it? Probably because they're saying that since if you have another, let's say you have a um, a container full of kerosene, you wouldn't mind putting this smelly kerosene lamp that was used on top of that to cover it. So therefore, you can't say there's no purpose for it on the holiday. The purpose is to cover another kerosene lamp. Good. So therefore, there is a purpose for it, right? So that's what the rabbi answered. So he told him, 
mitaltalin, hoel bechazik nesu beimana. If so, you should. If, if you're if you're telling me anytime you're allowed to put use the a product. Let's say I have a product over here. Here's my lamp, right? I have my lamp. Once I lit it with kerosene, it smells badly. So it should be muksa. So Rav asked, how come it's not muksa? He says, you know why? Because if I have another lamp over here, or another container of, of turpentine, I can use this to cover it. So this is use, it's a useful item. It's not nothing. It's useful to cover it. The rabbi says, oh yeah, anything that you use to cover makes it, makes it not muksa? So then if so, I could use every rock in my yard, I could use to cover something. So I should be allowed to move any, any rock you have. According to your logic, using something to cover something is already considered useful. So it's, I can use every rock to cover something. This is how he's trying to bother him for putting his shoes on his bed. You with us, Carl? Yes. Awesome. Says the guy back. Amar lay, so the rabbi said back to him, Rav Evis is back to him. Ha ikator kelyala, ha ni lekator kelyala. says, you can't compare, because your lamp is a utensil. The rock is not a utensil. If you have a utensil, which has a little bit of a use, and it's also a utensil, then it's not muksa. But if you have a non-utensil, you need a real use for it, not a maybe use for it for not to be muksa. So don't compare all the rocks in your yard to your smelly lamp. Because the smelly lamp, yes, it's smelly, but if it has some use and it's also a lamp, it's not muksa. But the other thing is not a lamp at all. You can't say that a little use of covering is enough for it. Are you with me, Koba? Excellent. Mars says, how do I prove it? Milo Tanya says, says him back. Milo Tanya turned the page, men babo and bet. the uh, bangles, panizamim, and nose rings, tabaot and rings, these are all types of jewelry. They're like any type of utensil, and you can move them around in the chatzer if you need them. But these rabbis held that they were they were muksa, but they're saying you could still move them if you need its place. Since they're Kelly, you can move them. So here too, this lamp, since it's a Kelly, we're more lenient. Can you move anything if you have, if you need the place? No. There are certain things that if you need the place, you cannot move. Does anyone know what you can never move even if you need its place? Chisaronkis. Chisaronkis is one example, but there's something even more than that, Jack. Rocks. Rocks is real muksa. Anything that's not a keli, you can't move even if you want its place. Only a keli you can move. So therefore, we're telling you, since these are keli, you can move them, you need their place. Why? Because since once they're a keli, therefore, there's something. I don't know, my phone is on here. Kids are on it. Okay? Beautiful. Rami So Abaya asked Rava a question. Tanya, we learned, if you have oil that's in either a lamp or in a tray, asur, you're not allowed to move it and use it on Shabbat. 
since it was asur to use when Shabbat started, you can't use it at all. Rabbi Shimon says it's okay, Matiya. Alma, Rabbi Shimon, let le muksa. We see Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold the muksa. Vermini, I'll ask you a question. Rabbi Shimon, Omer, call the end mumonikar me'erev yom tov, and zemin mukhan. Okay. In order to understand this, you have to understand the following. We're saying now that Rabbi Shimon does not hold the muksa. And therefore, if you have a tray of oil, let's say, you know, you know how they have uh, sand. Sometimes they have these big trays, and you fill it with oil, and you have floating wicks on it, right? If those go out, Rabbi Shimon allows you to use the, the oil. That means he, even though you set it aside before Shabbat to be lit, you're still allowed to use it on Shabbat. Beautiful. That's Rabbi Shimon. It sounds like he doesn't hold a muksa. But there's another case like this, Kobe. Let's say you have, a guy has a bechor animal, okay? A bechor animal, you general never allowed to eat. Normally, you have to go to the Kohen. However, right? You have to bring the Beit HaMikdash, and you have to bring it as a Shlamin, and the, the, the meat will be given to the Kohanim. However, if it gets a mum, a real, real moon, a moon kabua, that never going to go away, then you give it to the Kohen, and the Kohen could just eat it. But that's all the time in Beit HaMikdash. However, in nowadays, when there's no Beit HaMikdash, then once it has a moon, It's mutar to eat, okay? Now, if so, it comes out that if, if there's a guy who has a guy who has a bechor, right? And he wants to give it, he wants to give the meat to a kohen to eat regular without bringing as a korban, okay? So, if he has this korban before the 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 bechor before yom tov, now on yom tov you're allowed to shecht, right? Yom tov go, yom tov starts and my bechor is fine; it has no moon. On yom tov, the bechor falls down and gets a big blemish, and now since it's blemished, it's allowed to be shechted. It can't be a korban no more, and now it could be shechted. Do we say? Hey, wait a minute. You, could, you can't check this on Yom Tov because when Yom Tov came in, the Bechor didn't have any blemish. So it's like muksa type of thing. Since Rabbi Shimon allows, does not allow you to check it, that means he does agree that muksa exists. So how could Rabbi Shimon say you could use the oil in the candle if when it comes to the Bechor, he doesn't let you shech the Bechor if it got a mum on Yom Tov. Do you see the connection between the Bechor and the candle, guys? Yeah. Good. Beautiful. Good. Jack, thank you. Again, a Bechor is muksa because you didn't, it didn't have a mum beforehand, and the candle should be muksa because you couldn't use the oil beforehand. Says the Hachi Hashta. Hachi Hashta means What's the comparison? Can you compare? Hatam Adam Yushtim Mitzvah Emaydan Tichven Ero 
when you have candles, everyone's waiting for the candle to go out. The guy's waiting for the candle to go out. And therefore, it's not muks according to Bishimon. Hacha, but by the, by the animal, Adam Yoshev with uh, is a guy really thinking that uh, uh, he's waiting for the moon to happen to his animal? He'll say to himself, Who says that a moon is going to happen? And even if a moon happens to the animal on Yom Tov, Who says it'll be a moon that's a strong enough moon to make the animal allowed? And if you want to say that he's expecting a big moon to fall on it, who says he's going to get a rabbi to rule on it? Because one of these things, you need a rabbi to say that it's a good enough ring. When you have a candle to go out, right away, the guy's expecting to go out and use the, use the, the oil. But when it comes to an animal, there's three things necessary in order for it to happen. And therefore, since he's not expecting it, there Rabbi Shimon admits it's Moksa. So when there's three things to wait for, a moon. Amun Kavua, and a rabbi to show up, then the guy, Rabbi Shimon, agrees that's Muksa. When there's only one thing to wait for, when's the candle going to go out? That Rabbi Shimon says that's not Muksa. You got the rules, guys? So Muksa, according to Rabbi Shimon, is when there's three things that have to happen. Find the moon, moon Kavua, moon's got to be a real moon, and you got to find the rabbi to say it's good. But when it's a candle, he doesn't agree with Muksa. Therefore, it's fine. Not a question on it. Mati Rami Barchama, so Rami Barchama has a question. It says that if a wife makes a neder on Shabbat, which means, let's say, a wife, the halakha is when a wife makes a neder, let's say, um, let's say Jack's wife decides she's not eating meat anymore. And she makes this, she's heard meat is bad, and she decides that's it. She's going vegetarian. I swear I'm going vegetarian. Now, Jack comes home. He doesn't know nothing about it. And he doesn't know. She makes this, this near dead before Yom Tov. Fine. Uh, on the Yom Tov table, they're sitting and they're eating Shavuot uh, calzones. And she tells Jack, Jack, you know, we're vegetarian now. He says, what? Yeah, we're vegetarian. I made a near dead. I have to take this off before she hears it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. I'm going to be vegetarian. Much healthy. You'll see. You're going to love it. He says, "What? No way! I'm afraid of the That's called haparat nedarim. The husband has the ability to knock off any neder that the wife does. That's halacha. If beyom shomo on the day he hears, he knocks it off. Chalas. She's not vegetarian anymore. I knocked off your neder. Come on, come have some steak. Let's go. And she's allowed to eat steak. And it says that you're allowed to feel neder on Shabbat. And and you can eat, and let's say it's not something that you can ask the rabbi, let's say it's a single lady. She could go ask the rabbi, can I get rid of the neder on Shabbat? Am I? But how are you allowed to go to a rabbi and say that? Why don't we say that the, the neder is mukseh? Because when Shabbat came in, right? She didn't know that her husband's going to be around necessarily to mafia the neder. So let's call that muksa. How could Rabbi Shimon say that you could do this on Shabbat? Let's muksaize it just like Rabbi Shimon said in the case of the Bechor. Who said you're going to find the Chacham? 
Who says you're going to find the husband? Moshe says, no. Hatim Kerr Pinchas Mishmei the Rabbah. Hatim Pinchas Mishmei the Rabbah. Kol Ned Adat Bala, he no did it. When she made, when Jack's wife made the Nedim, she had in mind, I only want to do it if Jack agrees. Every wife only means to do it when my husband agrees. And therefore, it's not like you're really getting rid of Nedim, because the whole Nedim in the beginning was, oh, she, she never, she never really didn't, she never really muxed it, because she was always thinking that maybe Jack would not agree. Oh, yeah? So therefore, you can't compare it to that case. Now we have another question. Tashma, how could you say this rule? Maybe you won't find the rabbi that we said by the Bechor. Tashma, it says, Nishalim darim Shabbat Shabbat. Let's say he's a regular guy. Forget Mrs. Zatuni. Let's say you have a regular guy. Kobe makes an edel. I don't want to eat meat anymore. I heard it's not healthy. Right? And now, he comes home and his wife's not happy. Now, he can't ask his wife to get rid of him. He needs to go to a rabbi to get rid of it. Right? It says that if it's something that has to do with Kavod Shabbat, which means uh, I, you can't eat the child on Shabbat, it's going to be very bad, then you can go to a rabbi on Shabbat and get rid of the Nedir. Why? Why don't we say the same thing? The meat is muksa because Kobe's thinking, who says I'll find the rabbi? Especially coronavirus, there's no rabbis around. Answer the Gemara, no. Hatam, when it comes to Hafrat Nedarim, if you don't have a rabbi, you get three regular guys, you could use two regular guys. But by Bechor, if you don't have a rabbi, you're stuck. And that's why you can't compare the two things. You with me, guys? Awesome. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Leia, Abaya, Rabbi Yosef. So Abaya answered Yosef the following question. Okay, you know what? This will leave for tomorrow. I think this is good. Ramile, we'll start for tomorrow from Ramile Abaya. Okay, Rabbi. Uh, like Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you for your help, everyone. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thanks, Rabbi. Thank you. Welcome to everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.